We're going to Monaco, boys. Monaco, Montreal. In North America's Monaco. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's Good marketing. Brand. Good marketing. All right. Shall we kick it off? Episode yeah. 24, boys. Cracking a brew? Are we all cracking brews? What'd you just get? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, you had oh. Wow. Are we live? Are you splitting up more ways? I, I didn't think the driver would want a Red Bull. Yeah, the one guy that needs to stay awake. Are we live, Bullets? We're live. Okay. Um, Andrew just cracked a Red Bull. Uh, we're This is coming to you live from the official race van, the Toyota Senna. Um, the Ferrari guy is drinking a Red Bull. Just wanted to call that out. Let's get going. All right, so as Rob just mentioned, we are recording in the car, in the van, the Toyota Senna, on the way to North America's Monaco, a.k.a. Mont Montreal. Charlie, how do you uh, say Montreal? Because you have a good French accent. Montreal. That was very bad. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. Yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, we are in hour, what, three of the drive? About, roughly. Uh, we've got another, I think, two and a half, three hours to go. And we should get, we should be pulling into Montreal around, I guess, what, 23.30, 23.45, maybe? Something like that. Um, that's military time. And so, let's see, Charlie put together a rundown. I don't, I don't remember what it was on it, exactly. Um, Oh, and just a quick recap. So in the car we have uh, John's talking right now. Andrew is to my right. Rob, Andrew's on the ones and twos. Rob is in the passenger seat. He has gotten out of all driving duties so far, claiming that he has a phone call to get on. And Charlie is currently driving uh, way over the speed limit. But, yep. And... Uh, I just, it's uh, it's 21.12, and I just got a text from my boss one minute ago saying she's going to read the, my email when she gets home. So we may we may be doing some live legal advice during the pod. That would be terrible pod. Let's start out with some live updates. Uh, did we do our sponsors? No, do it. All right, well, we are uh, brought, to, brought to you by Vibes Burger from Concord, New Hampshire. Have you ever wanted to get a burger and a beer and be ID'd in the process? Vibes Burger is the place for you. A really soft brioche bun is the perfect way to cap your burger. Uh, we're also brought to you by Sunoco Gas. Put a tiger in your tank. <laughs> Who else? Uh, also a vegan uh, supermarket that has the best cold brew in town. Concord's best. Concord Food Supply. Uh, Andrew and Charlie are uh, part-time managers there, actually. Yeah, um, great coffee, better chocolate. Um, and we also got a Red Bull here, as mentioned earlier. I do want to defend my honor. Yes, for our M fan, I am guzzling down this Red Bull. They know how to make an energy drink. Just as a bit of a backstory, we're in Vibes Burgers, enjoying our delicious meal on our road trip here. Andrew's looking for a coffee. As a man of action, I just decided to go across the street, you know? Go into Concord Food Supply, get myself a coffee. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody, sure, but it's a small <laughs> town. It's a small town. We can find each other. Rob and John were in the bathroom at the time and came out to find Charlie and Andrew vanished into thin air. All right, uh, aside from our 
our trip to the Monaco, the North American Monaco. What's 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 new in people's lives? Let's start with you, Andrew. Uh, new for me. I was in Vegas this past week. Nice little work outing. No gambling. So hopefully, I change that in Montreal. Let's get back on the craps table. Carol is not listening. How much did you actually gamble? <laughs> Gonna be tough paying the mortgage this month, um, but no, yeah, Vegas is good. Got back. No other real updates for me. Oh, I guess one funny thing: Carolyn almost gave up the dog. Got back, had a rough weekend, uh, but I come home and I think everything's all settled down, so I'm good. What a what a nice first world problem to have to get rid of your uh, designer puppy. <laughs> Uh, updates for me, this is John. I started a new job five days ago, or five business days, I should say. Um, it's going well so far. Nothing really to report on that front as of yet. Um, I sit about 20 feet away from fellow podcaster Charlie. Um, he was not in the office today, actually. Um, and a couple other days this week. But anyway, um, let's see, what else is going on? Nothing really. Mo- still moving in. Um, some furniture arrived this today. Deck furniture. Big update. Um, and I finally got access to my mailbox, actually. So that's a nice treat. Uh, How was your car not in the garage? The car was not in the garage today because, well, Liz wasn't there, was she? No. Yeah, so that she had the car. No, the car was parked outside in the parking uh, I think maybe she was anticipating the packages to arrive, but I, I don't know, to be honest. Who knows? Uh, update to Rob. All right. Well, uh, the biggest update in my life is obviously Alexi. Uh, we thought that we thought her cast was coming off after seven weeks on Thursday. We went to the vet and, uh, she came back out with a new cast. Another six days of cast life. They say this is the end. I'll believe it when I see it. Groundhog Day. Summer's upon us. Yeah, that's about it for me. Um, Good. uh, So, spent this past weekend in um, NYC, New York, New York. Uh, The Big Apple, Manhattan. I don't know if you've heard about it. We went to see Katie Mitchell's show, Katie Needham's uh, Broadway show, Chicago. Lovely time. Have you guys seen that movie? By the way, like fun uh, show. No, I've never seen it. You're not not a big musical guy myself, but I found myself um, tickled by this performance. It was, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can we, we get a quick plot summary? Yeah, it's about uh, I don't know five <laughs> six women who have been put in jail for murdering their husbands, and two of them are in it for the spotlight. So. It's about those two women vying for spotlight and uh, getting the press time. It's a fun, fun show. Is that like Me Too? Mm, no. Vying for whose spotlight? What spotlight are they vying for? They want to be in the press. They want to be on the front page of the newspapers. The press adores them. They're the wife that was cheated on, so they had they didn't have to kill, but they only killed their husbands because they were wronged. You know. Are we at all concerned that the Mitchell sisters really like to play Chicago? That's their favorite play, I assume? I haven't thought about it until now. Oh, boy. Um, who is your favorite character? Who could you relate to the most? 
Uh, I didn't get that deep. No one really. Um, but the rest of the weekend, lovely wedding in Terrytown at uh, Blue Hill Stone Barn. I, I never heard of it before, but Michelin Michelin star Michelin. Michelin. Beautiful wedding. Lot better food. Great company. Best best part. Is the Terrytown the home of the headless horseman? Oh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that'd be Sleepy Hollow. I stand corrected. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now let's get into our topics. So. All right, so. Uh, we are headed up to the Monaco of North America, so let's t- let's give our listeners a little. Um, this is our this is our home race. Let's give our listeners a little uh, overview of what a race weekend looks like for us. Well, I'd say this is a pretty exciting year. So in past years, we've gone up on Saturdays, early Saturday. We would get there and watch qualifying at a bar. We would hit the town Saturday night for a lovely dinner and cocktails, and then on Sunday we'd get up way too early, have a very difficult time getting Ubers to the racetrack, sit on the grass for hours at a time, and then finally watch the F1 race with limited views. This year we've got proper tickets. We're going, we're going up Friday night, we're watching qualifying, we're watching the race, we've got a lovely Airbnb, so I'm excited. I'm I'm particularly excited to go see qualifying live, uh, and we'll be at the first the turns turn two I think of the race is is our turn, grandstand twelve, uh, so I'm very excited for that. But Montreal is such a great atmosphere, the cobblestone streets, the architecture. Uh, we're in an Airbnb right in the heart of it all. Just uh, I'm glad we have two full two full days. Yeah, wonderful city. Uh, can't say enough about Montreal, especially the Old Town. We're just outside of Old Town this time. I am very excited. I do. I feel like I'm going to miss sitting on that ground. Like the anticipation of that race after six hours of sitting on that ground, I'm going to miss that. Yeah, I mean, this will be much more civilized experience. Uh, you picture, I think two years ago, it was like eight dudes and... I don't know, you know, 50 empty beer cans around us and you're, you're four hours in and you just want to take a nap. So um, it, it's not the best experience. If you're general admission, I do not recommend that. Spend the extra $100 and get yourself a proper seat. Yeah, just to complete the picture John has painted, we usually stay out a little too late Saturday night. Again, wake up too early on Sunday and then have to, well, we don't have to. <laughs> we, you can bring a full cooler to the racetrack, <laughs> which maybe are undoing. Yeah, you have to. And, uh, and then, of course, you're expecting 70-degree weather, and Rob has told you it's going to be 70, 70 and sunny, and it's 50s and raining. So that adds an extra element, forcing you to drink, of course. So I think this year is going to be nicer. It is supposed to be 70 and sunny this year. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. And uh, we'll have two chances to go to the track Saturday. Uh, what are we thinking with casino? Are we going to do try the casino on Saturday and Sunday, or just after the race? What do you guys want to do? I would suggest just after the race. I probably won't make a trip on Saturday. Yeah, I would say one trip to the casino is enough, especially after two years ago when Andrew and I got fleeced by a local hooligan, <laughs> took our chips right off the table. That's for another podcast, though. With our extra time this year, I, I'm thinking I'd like to go see McGill and, and go up to that park that overlooks the city. It's pretty close to us. You guys bring? Did you guys bring running clothes? Charlie and I did. Uh, running clothes? 
I did bring some running clothes. I don't know if I'll be... Yeah, for a yog. Uh, do you know the name? Uh, we'll, we'll find the park later. No, no, yeah, no worry. Yeah, park Guell? No, that's Barcelona. That's Barcelona. I did not. I brought uh, running shorts and a shirt. I did not bring sneakers. So, uh, weekend like this, you just want to do push-ups and um, yeah, push-ups and planks to just get a little toned uh, <laughs> for the race. You don't want to go running. Um, topic. Next topic or no? Is anybody planning on buying any uh, apparel for their the team of choice? Yes. I gotta say, I'm I'm feeling uh, like I've got to do a, a papaya McLaren shirt. I just anything else from anybody else? Uh, I think I may be the only one without any team gear, and as it's kind of ironic since I'm probably the biggest F1 fan here, but um, I think I need to get some Red Bull merch. I I. Kind of want this a T-shirt. I think would be a nice uh, purchase. I'm in the market for a pair of socks, Ferrari socks. What? <laughs> I just wanted to say, John. I think you, your mom is gonna rip you if she sees you without any team gear. I know. It's, it's, it's embarrassing she, for everybody. She was so mad at me for not having gear. Uh, all right. So what? Uh, here you go, Charlie. No, never mind. Remember that. Uh, what do people think is going to happen at the actual race? So we've talked a lot about the, the events surrounding the race. But what do you guys think for the race? Have, driver predictions? I'll have to say, kind of, just like, what do you think is going to big stories at, at uh, Canada? I have to say, all of the teams brought new engines except Mercedes. They had a quality control issue, and they said, it, we're not going to be ready for it. So they have to use their old engine uh so I think they, the Mercedes teams, Mercedes, Force India, Williams, uh, might be a little bit behind compared to where they usually are. Red Bull looks good based on practice. So my hopes and dreams are going back to when we first went to Montreal, that when uh, Ricardo won his first race, I'm desperately holding out for a Red Bull win here. I don't think it's going to happen. I know you just cited this no new engine, but I just think this racetrack is a Mercedes racetrack, and we're going to look at a Lewis Hamilton win. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at a dominant weekend from Hamilton. Wow. Yeah, so why is this why is this track called a street course? Is it just because it's uh, straights and chicanes rather than sweeping turns? Does anybody know why this is a considered a street course? I am not sure as to why it's called a street course. <laughs> oh, good contribution. I'll throw a theory out there. I think it's the lack of, how do I say this? I'm, I'm a native French speaker. Um, lack of runoff area. So if you make a mistake, you're in the wall. There's no, there's no, you can't go into the grass, you can't go off into the gravel. You've crashed. I think that's what makes it a street course in some regards. All right, I guess that theory is as one good theory. as Andrew's. Yeah, yeah. Not, not bad, not bad theory. Mr. Uh, Ferrari socks over here. Um, yeah, so I, I, oof, I'm gonna have to disagree with Charlie on this one. I don't think it's Merck's weekend because of the point Rob made earlier. I do see Rick having a great weekend. I think he um, kind of grows on what he did in Monaco. I think it's him and Vettel kind of battling, and um, yeah. We'll see. It should be good. Uh, I would love to see 
say Rick will have a good weekend. I think he will have a bad weekend, a down weekend. Uh, if we do recall what happened after his last big win, he followed that up with probably the worst weekend of his career, crashing into the back of his teammate, which is a no-no. I think Max will have a great weekend. I may sound like a broken record. Rob is going. Uh, Rob is about to rip on Max Verstappen. You heard it here first. That's fake news, if I've ever heard it. Max will have a great weekend. So Max did look very good in free practice one, two. He was on top of the scoreboard. The issue, his issue is his lack of consistency. Like he could go into the wall of champions during free practice three, like he did in Monaco. Uh, but so he's looking very good too. I think Red Bull is looking surprisingly good. And they're taking care of the hypersoft tires, Great pace. which are going to have to be used in qualifying. I just think Red Bull looks good in a lot of practices, and it doesn't show up on Saturdays. Which, they don't have a party mode. Yeah, no party mode for qualifying. Um, but before we move off of Max, um, he did have that kind of, I don't know how else to describe it, but a meltdown yesterday during the media session when somebody was asking him, he was getting asked a lot of questions about, do you have to trade change your racecraft. You've had a lot of incidents this year. And uh, Andrew, I think you've got the best recollection of what he actually said. Yeah, so he kind of actually made two comments. So one was at the very beginning of the presser. Um, it was pretty cordial. I mean, he wasn't really very combative at the beginning. He kind of just said, I'm tired of answering questions um, about it. And he kind of, I took it as taking a shot at you know, his boss, Christian Horner, by saying he would never change and driving that way is what got him to where he is today so he will he will not take the, that advice um it grew quite testy later on after someone just asked very bluntly why have you crashed so much and he just goes i'm as i said earlier i'm tired of answering these questions and i think if i get asked one more i'm going to headbutt somebody and uh, you know it was it was quite shocking i think the, the other drivers there were pretty shocked about it and, and he was serious when he said that, not like a smirk on his face. No, there, there was no smile. It was very serious. He later said that he was joking. Um, I, and I think a lot of the listeners probably think I'm going to rip on him. But to be honest, I'm rooting for him. I think it's a... Uh, I hope he kind of turns things around. I love his attitude. I think it's good to have a driver who's that blunt and just wants to win. Um, but yeah, I think it was a bit shocking to hear a driver say that. Going to headbutt a reporter. Couple, couple points there. One, he is Dutch, and I think in the Netherlands, headbutt is a, a term of endearment. Really, it's not. It's not what you guys think it is. So, uh, point one. Point two. If we can please uh, look at the last two races for Max. Yes, he did mess up qualifying in Monaco, but then he proceeded to have a great race, got into the points, and then the race before that, he was racing well, and then Danny Rick took him out. So, you know. I don't know if it's so fair for these reporters to attack, um, you know, a young boy. <laughs> I was... <laughs> and Mike was really close to my face. Um, I would say, I wanted to say kudos to Max, because I... Speak your mind. I mean, how annoying is it when these guys get up there and give the cliche answers? I'm, I'm happy you did it. Show a little passion. Show a little fire. I'm all for uh, <laughs> avoiding sports cliches, but I think, and I know we're, we're, I know we're an apolitical podcast, 
but just like speak your mind when it involves threats of violence is a little much. He's he's obviously kidding. He's not going to go hit by someone. Come on. Yeah, uh, he didn't (laughs) look like he was kidding. He was absolutely serious. He would have headbutted somebody, I think, if if they were any closer. Um, So he's 21 years old now, or thereabouts. I think his... uh, you know, it's time to it's time to grow up and show a little maturity. He definitely has the raw skills. If he's going to become a great driver, he's got to learn when to, how to harness them better. And I just want to say, shame on the fake news media for not testing him and asking him one more time about the crashes. Yeah. You know, see where he's going to take it. Next topic. Um, so we are talking a lot about Red Bull, but there's a lot of Red Bull news this week. Um, Renault has given, or I'm not sure who has issued the ultimatum, but Red Bull is considering switching engines next year. So they're using a Renault engine this year, and next year they might switch to Honda. Um, any thoughts on how that relationship is going to shake out in the next two races? It's my belief that Red Bull will stay with Renault. Honda is unproven. They have a very good car with Renault right now. It's getting better. They've won two out of six races, equal with Ferrari, equal with Mercedes. I, I don't understand what's the point of switching. Honda has not proven that they can win races. Renault has. Uh, I don't. You don't fix what ain't broken, as they say. Yeah, I would say in fact Honda has proven that they cannot win races, and they're terrible. Um, Red Bull is like a. A soap opera this year. It's just constant entertainment, one thing after another, and I, I, I can't wait to watch the next episode. <laughs> that makes me sick. Um, <laughs> I think, I think what this is a classic Formula One hype machine kind of getting carried away here. I think it's. I'm putting this in the same category as Ricardo to Ferrari or Mercedes. It, it, it's just not going to happen. R- Ricardo's going to be back at Red Bull next year. Red Bull, Red Bull is going to be back with Renault. Couldn't agree with more with John. It's it's just too big of a risk to jump to Honda, however bad that Red Bull Renault relationship may be. And I mean, the product is still there. I agree. Wow. Carry on. So we talked a little bit about the upgrades. Um, the some interesting thing that I read is that you know this is race seven. There you're allowed to use three engines without penalty. So each engine has to last seven full races. So why are people bringing an upgraded engine to race seven instead of race eight? And because Montreal is such a power-dependent circuit, they're bringing the new engines to race seven, where they need the extra power from the B-spec engine. And then next race, Hungary, I believe it is, uh, they're going to go back to the first engine and get their seventh race on that power plant in Hungary. thought that was pretty interesting. Question, question for you. Is it? Does it say you can only use an engine for seven races? Oh. No. So they could reuse one engine for eight races? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They right, use so, one for 21. So maybe they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what would the advantage to that be? Pretzel. <laughs> Pretzel. Well, the advantage was they'd be using a better engine for more races. You're saying they're going to Go back to a crappy engine because they're all because the engines degrade with mileage. So if you put 
you want to spread your um, miles out evenly so you don't have the extreme degradation of any one engine. Don't know enough to dispute that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to dispute this. But... I'm going to just put a little fake science into this, but <laughs> let's say, what, what kind of increase do you think Spec B gives you? A 5% increase over Spec 1? Just conservatively. Yeah. Conservatively. Spec B and Spec. B. How <laughs> how much degradation does the miles co cause? I mean, it has to be over five percent, if you understand my logic. Because why wouldn't you put six races on engine one, eight races on engine two, and then I don't know, nine races on engine three? Really getting the weeds. Yep, yep. Uh, that lo logic does track. Uh, I've got to believe that the cumulative one billion dollars that these teams are putting into it they figured out that seven races per engine is ideal yeah i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and trust um all the teams <laughs> and, <laughs> and and it seems to me that the only team that isn't bringing the new engine would have if the quality was there so i know charlie's back in the napkin math neil degrasse tyson over here he really tried to put that together but i'm gonna take oh, the advice of the five percent <laughs> <Charlie, laughs> i do not want to give you this mic but i will give you this mic this is coming from the guy that supports ferrari who routinely pits their guys incorrectly because they can't do simple math I, I no, fire back! No. Fire back! I will fire back! Uh, <laughs> I have to say, it's all the teams doing this, not just brain dead Italians. <laughs> um, are we all forgetting these cars are going from what was the last race? Uh, Monaco, Monaco to Canada. How many miles is that? You guys need to factor that in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have no idea how these things travel. It could be falling apart. Yeah. All right, next topic. <laughs> okay, and I do want to fire back on the Italians. One bad pit stop, and it would have totally changed the whole race. More than one bad pit stop. Maybe they have a European engine and an American, North American. Yeah. Yeah, well. All right, so uh, during free practice two, we had an unfortunate mammalian accident on the track. Romain Grosjean, everyone's least favorite Frenchman, took out a marmot also known as a groundhog, also known as a, Charlie, what are some of the other names? Fisher? Um, I forget all the names, but they're awesome. We tweeted about it. Go check out uh, our handle, at the F1 newsletter. These groundhogs have about 10 different names, you can call them. That's a twitter.com. <laughs> that so, just, it just evaporated? Well, the, 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 the nose of the car looked pretty smashed up, and I heard that uh, the final chicane they were telling cars to slow down because it was slippery. Oh. <laughs> that is phenomenal. I think we should have a new segment called Rob's Rodents or something. Last week was he was getting chased by a fisher, and now he's uh, hunting down, what is it, raccoons? Marmots. Marmot. One guy, one guy tweeted about how terrible liquefied groundhog smelled. So, oh. yeah. Get out of here. Not fun. Was it all over Grosjean's <laughs> face? <laughs> I, I couldn't say. I mean, Gro Grosjean just cannot catch a break this year. He might be the most pathetic, pitiful driver these eyes have ever seen on an F1 course. All right, so now we have a special um, this is a special topic brought to us by John <laughs> Monsanto. John, take it away. <laughs> I did not want to bring this up on the pod. I, a little food for thought I brought up right before we started recording. If anyone follows 
the Financial Times, you'd probably have read that Monsanto was purchased by Bayer. Um, Monsanto could not escape their bad publicity due to Agent Orange from the Vietnam War. I gotta believe you can find some PR firm to help you get out of that <laughs> muck and mire, but uh, they couldn't, and now you'll no longer see Monsanto. <laughs> well, I, as I was saying, I just don't understand. It's not They're not a consumer company. They're not publicly traded. Of all the, of all the companies that should be able to weather bad PR, they're perfectly positioned. Something smells fishy here. Can, can someone tell me who 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 Monsanto is? Who is this Monsanto? It's this agricultural. Um, what do they call it? It's a It's a biotech agricultural company. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's big big agro. What's bigger, a behemoth or a conglomerate? Ooh, behemoth. Okay. I would say. Anyway, um, rest in peace, Monsanto. Um, we, we barely knew you, but uh, we do miss you. Charlie. How do we get into the behemoth game? Is that, like, how do we own one of those? Yeah. Well, based on our pod listening numbers, we're almost there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, <laughs> I think we're about to wrap it up here. No. no more topics? Maybe there's more topics. Oh, no, we're not about to wrap it up. I, so, I just want to say... <laughs> yeah, we've run through all these. Uh, we have got Montreal nightlife. I guess we could talk about. Also, yeah, here you go. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd also like to. Um, there are a couple of good stories. I don't know if we've told the. Uh, did we go over the the driver who almost took us to an industrial park and left us stranded for dead? Oh, yeah, that's just tr- trans- Montreal. Yeah, park. so a couple a couple of war stories, <laughs> you know, <laughs> down the same vein as the Agent Orange Monsanto. Yeah. Run it back. <laughs> so, just some words of wisdom here. Um, I would take the public transportation to the course if you can. Avoid Ubers. We got in an Uber. Guy spoke very little English. Took us to the back of an industrial park and left us there and made us walk through the park. Unbelievable. And when we get there, our friend Grant, who um, had probably stayed up a little bit too late, we were trying to rush to the park, and he almost had an accident in his pants. <laughs> and then, when the ta- when the Uber driver dropped us in the middle of nowhere, I of course did the dumb English American thing, where I just start talking louder and louder, <laughs> thinking that would solve the issue. It did not. Wait, he he tried to drop you guys, and didn't you guys insist on not getting out of the car? No. So you, you got out of the car? How did you get... He dropped us on the wrong side of the river, dude. He said that because of the taxi cabs, he was afraid to get any closer, and he insisted that we get out of the car, and that's as far as he could take us. What was the term he was using? The, uh, the, the taxi inspector, he said, was going to get him in trouble. So how did you end up getting out of this industrial park? We got in a taxi cab. Yes, we got out of the Uber. We then walked to the taxi stand... And then they took us to the actual racetrack. This is all while Rob, Scott, and I, we also got an Uber, but our Uber driver was smart enough to go over the other bridge that didn't have a taxi inspector and allowed Ubers across. It was the northern bridge. And then we sat there for, I don't know, 45 minutes waiting for these schmohawks. And we almost witnessed a gigantic brawl between a couple of New Yorkers and native Montreal folk. 
wild scene there. Wild scene. I, I do believe there are some ethnic slurs being tossed back and forth between these warring parties. So that's one story. I, I'm, uh, so the other thing is, every Saturday night we we walk up. Um, what is it? Saint, Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent Street. Saint Saint Laurent. Rue Saint Laurent. Uh, and anyway, we, we always look for a, a fun bar to go to, but somehow we end up at the exact same bar every single time <laughs> without realizing it. Um, so last year or two years ago, I think Rob left early, and then how long were you waiting outside for us? Well. Things start to get hazy around that time of night, but I think it was over 30 minutes. And because I didn't have my phone on because I didn't want to incur $5 of Canadian overages, uh, I couldn't get in touch with you guys, and I didn't know how to get back to the Airbnb. So there was nowhere for me to go. just had to wait. Uh, I also have to say, I feel like we're not, we're not going out very early, but yet when we get to these clubs, they're empty. And then by the time they start filling up, that's when we realize, oh, <laughs> we shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Very, very accurate. Yeah, we usually lose steam right about the time when all the people start showing up. Right around 10 p.m. <laughs> Another fun uh, part of this is our, our graduation, our pro- progression of housing. So we started off at the Intercontinental. We booked a hotel room. And instead of giving us two queens, they gave us a king room. And because we had four people, they upgraded us to their presidential suite. So that was an awesome first year. Then we graduated to Airbnb. I think that was just me and, and the Zabos. And that, that was a nice place. We had a little hot tub up on the roof oh, yeah. overlooking the city. Uh, and then last year, or two years ago, sorry, we, we had an Airbnb in official old Montreal. Very nice, beautiful flat. Real... Um, Interesting bathroom scene. It was kind of a single bathroom between two rooms, if I remember. Two or, yeah. With a, a long yeah. Two toilets with a shared shower area, and then uh, uh, a, uh, it was like a Jack and Jill of sorts. And it but had like but a there was bus musket on the wall too, and a big musket on the wall. I think. Remember that? Mm. That's I don't. Um, medieval. The thing about the bathroom that was so weird was that it wasn't a traditional Jack and Jill where you could close the, the door. You could not create any privacy in the shower, so <laughs> I don't know tight, these bro. French designers. It's very European. Yes, very European. Um, so should we should we tease how the rest of this weekend podcasting will go? We're gonna do a a post post race drive home or that night. Maybe we'll, we'll, let's record Sunday night. We gotta do a Sunday night. Yeah. Because Charlie's leaving on an airplane Monday oh, morning. Jet plane jet plane and uh we're driving up early so yeah we'll do it sunday night we're gonna release this one tonight right i believe uh, andrew promised an edit yeah, in the car yeah yeah it depends on the what time zone you're in it'll either be early tomorrow morning for you or tonight for sure actually i'll edit it but you know it kind of relies on charlie last time he kind of yeah so uh, if you don't see it blame charlie all right anything else I think we're good. We'll, we'll check back in. Uh, John is going to wake us up at 3 a.m. on Monday morning. Yep. But we will talk to you then. How long was that? <laughs>